Hey everyone, this is Ray Alder from Fate's Warning, and you're listening to Sonic Perspectives. Will you stay? Will you? been a while since we've talked man how you been good dude good really busy keeping busy during this whole time yeah it's a good thing dude, well, i mean talk to me about that because like because like the, the last time that we were supposed to talk you had a solo album coming out and then like all shit went to hell <laughs> yeah everything went crazy um well, I mean, I'd finished the solo album and uh, we started writing for the new Fates album and that, that, that went on every day for about a year, except uh, I went to Uruguay for three weeks, which was the longest break I had in a long time uh, for Christmas. Mm-hmm. That's uh, where your wife's it's from, right? summer down there. Yeah, it's summer there in the winter everywhere else. Mm-hmm. So um, it was nice to spend uh, some time on the beach. But... Um, and then came back, you know, and kept writing, and we finished the album during the whole COVID thing that was happening, and, uh, you know, we were able to get it done, and, you know, people were asking whether or not it was, a, do we think it's a good idea to have it out while everything's happening, and we said, mm-hmm. you know, why not? There's no touring happening, mm-hmm. at least, you know, people can have some new music to listen to, you know, it's something, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the original plan for us was to do the album and hit the road as soon as it came out, like, when theories came out, we were on the road in Europe like the second day after the album came out. Mm-hmm. That's that was sort of the plan, but that all got blown to hell. So obviously, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, we're still waiting to, you know, wait for the world to open, reopen. I guess. Yeah, like and 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 of course you you're living in Spain now, and that was like one of the early hot spots when the when the pandemic hit Europe. Um, I remember that you posted a video from like I think it was your front balcony, and there's absolutely nothing happening in the world outside. Yeah, yeah, that was the very beginning of the lockdown here, and the lockdown here was really serious, man. It was like, you know, it was a, a police state. It really was. You know, I don't think America would have ever gone for it, but you know, mm-hmm. especially what I see now, people fighting yeah. you know, to get a yogurt because you're not wearing a mask, like. Give me a fucking break, man. It's not yeah. that hard, you know. We've been doing it forever, you know. Most Americans are respecting it, except for, you know, the, uh, nah, I'm not going to bring up any politics now. Even yeah, though everything's happening a few days away from now. Hopefully yep, America can get back get back to normal. But it was it was insane, man. You know, everyone was locked inside. You you, you couldn't leave your house unless you were you know, walking the dog or going to get groceries. There was, Mm -hmm. you know, that's just how it was for three months. Mm -hmm. You could not leave your house. And, uh, you know, things got better. And then, you know, they opened the country again and everyone knew there was going to be a second wave. And, of course, it hit. It's worse now than it was before. Mm -hmm. And they just 
last week imposed another, uh, well, not another, but they imposed a, uh, a curfew now in all over Spain, meaning uh, you can't be on the street from midnight to 6 a.m., Wow, <clears throat> which is kind of weird, I guess. But uh, I guess it does make sense scientifically, mm-hmm. I guess, because now that it's winter, more people are going to hang out inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, than outside, but whatever. It is what it is, you know. Um, I work from home, so I guess I'm covered. <laughs> I'm okay <laughs> for now. So you picked, like, the very, very first outbreak of the pandemic to start recording your vocals, is that correct? It was actually near the end of the lockdown is okay. when it was all going on, but I was, you know, worried about, what to do, uh, where I was going to record vocals, how, you know, um, I don't have the proper, well, I actually do now, but before, um, I the, didn't have the proper mics, you know, compressor, the more, the, the gear to get a really good vocal sound. And Jim and I toyed with the idea of actually recording the vocals here at my house. But I, I personally prefer to have an engineer um, when I'm when I'm recording, I would rather just record on a performance than than have to deal with editing and levels and all that other bullshit. You know, I mm-hmm. I I, I'm, I have a one track mind when I'm recording. That's just do my job, mm-hmm. not fucking ten other jobs. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, we figured, you know, one of one of the things you could do in Spain was move. You know, you couldn't go somewhere to work, uh, so to speak, you know, like little side jobs or whatever. So one one legal thing was to move. So I moved. That's what I did. I moved to a studio and I lived there for two weeks, <laughs> uh, you know, in a in a vocal booth on a cot and uh, ate microwave food and and just sang, man. You know, it was it was actually really good because I was focused on just that. You know, mm-hmm. like there was nothing else to do but record. There was no, um, you know, uh, d- d- nothing to take your mind off of that. And it was it was pretty stressful because the schedule was so tight. And Joe Barisi had his schedule that we had to meet or he was going to start working. I think it was Avenged Sevenfold. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's the guy that mixed the album, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And he did a great job. But while I was recording, they were mixing. So as soon as I finished a song, I'd send it to them and they would start mixing it. So if something messed up while I was in the studio, I lost my voice or I got sick, everything would have been completely screwed. The, the schedule would have been off. Um, for who knows? The album probably wouldn't come out till 2021. So, But it all worked out and we got it finished. And um, I think Joe did a, a fantastic job with the mix. An amazing job, actually. So like... As I was writing my my review of the album, I kept coming back to uh, I kept coming back to parallels. It doesn't sound like parallels. It doesn't remind me of parallels mm. in that way. But but I'm having a similar reaction to it because like I mean like I, I'm 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 younger than you guys are, so like I didn't get into Fate's Warning until like Appsog, you know, yeah. until about that yeah. time. And and when I got uh, when I finally got parallels a few years later. Um, it, it really took a while for, for it to grow on me, but then when it did, like, like by the end of that listen, where it really broke through to me, it became a desert island yeah. for me. I mean, like, and, and from that point, <laughs> it kind of changed my life. 
So. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I mean, yeah, going from a pleasant shit to great of parallels is a little. I think the opposite way is a little easier. Yeah. <laughs> to swallow. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So cool. like, so like, I I knew that I liked this album the moment that uh, that Destination Onward came on. Um, uh, and like I've been kind of been slowly ingesting it over like the past month, and like there's a lot to, lot to ingest. Yes, seventy three yeah, so, minutes. So talk to me. Uh, well, I mean, it, the original idea was you know the norm. We're gonna you know eight to eleven songs, um, and and you know just do an album. But th- then everything was happening, uh, you know, COVID wise, whatever. Um, and it was also a point where Bobby was was still writing his drum tracks uh this caught him in the middle of everything and he we found out or he found out rather that he was going to do a tour with sebastian for like a three-month tour like a world tour like an actual world tour (laughs) which would have set the album back for sure until 2021 there was no way he was going to finish his drum parts in order for the album to come out this year Mm -hmm. um and then I was uh, actually talking to uh, to um, uh, damn it, I forgot his name already. So I can't Jeff Scott, Jeff Scott Soto. I was talking to him because Sons oh. of Apollo was going to play Madrid. Dude, we talked to him last night. Oh, really? Yeah, cool guy. I love that guy, <laughs> man. He's awesome. So they were going to play Madrid, and I was, you know, texting that dude. Can't wait. It's going to be great. And then two days before they were playing, he texted me and said, "Dude, we're out. We're going home. We're canceling the tour because." You know, they're closing borders, mm-hmm. and we want to be able to get back home. It's like, oh, yeah, of course. So then I called Bobby, and he's like, you know, <clears throat> tours are getting canceled, dude. Mm-hmm. There's, I don't know about this Sebastian tour. And he's like, wow. He goes, well, Sebastian's never going to cancel. It's never going to happen. And I was like, dude, it's, it's not up to Sebastian, dude. It's, it's, <laughs> it's up to the cities and countries and who knows, you know. And uh, so, yeah, two weeks later or so, he, he says, yes, tour's off. So he was able to finish his drum parts, and you know, uh, again, the whole COVID thing just threw a, a, a fly in the ointment for everyone. But in the end, it worked out because Bobby was able to finish his drum parts. And uh, so, anyway, during this whole time, you know, Jim would send me songs, and he would say, you know, I don't know if this is going to fit on the album, you know, but let's let's give it a shot and see what happens. And and, and and then we started to think that you know different is probably better. Mm-hmm. It actually makes sense that that to have some some you know, varying degrees of, of of attitude in the music on the album. Um, and then you know we started thinking, well maybe this will go on a bonus disc. Maybe this one could go on a bonus disc. And then we said, screw it, man. Let's just you know it's our thirteenth album. Let's do thirteen songs. Let's just you know give it everything we have and 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 make it happen. And uh, and that's what happens. That's ended up being our longest album ever, and um, hopefully people can get their money's worth now. With it. <laughs> Except they buy it on iTunes. I guess you have to pay per song or something. I don't know how it works. Uh, I don't know. I've got an LP <laughs> coming in sometime next week. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that works myself, really. But, yeah, uh, but, yeah, yeah, but like yeah. you brought up, how many songs there are in the album, and like you know, for the past, like like. <sighs> disconnected had what six cuts on it <laughs> or something like that and, and yeah i honestly can't remember while. even parallels only had eight songs and now you're doing like 13 on one track that kind of threw me for a yeah. week yeah it was a, it was a big surprise for us too i mean again you know once we got into the meat of writing it's like jesus man we have another one now and now oh now we have another one mm-hmm. 
Um, and that was a lot. Again, in the studio, that was, you know, fuck, like, how many have I done already? <laughs> Nine. Nine. Fuck, mm-hmm. I have four more songs to do, man. Like, you know, it was like that. But we were so, the demos were so exact that, you know, we knew exactly what we were doing. You know, uh, normally I'd have Joey or Jim produce me in the studio or engineering or mm-hmm. both. And this was different because I'm by, on my own just mm-hmm. with an engineer, you know. Um, so that was a little stressful for me. But knowing that, you know, 98% of what we did on the demo was was true and that was what was going to go to tape was a little more comforting. Like I knew exactly what I was doing, not mm-hmm. straying from from the from the the true demos so that was that was pretty cool and again it ended up working out and uh, mm-hmm. and here we are talking about the new album I, I i have to ask like how like how did this recording process compare to the other ones because like because like you mentioned you did it in almost complete isolation yeah oh that was the different thing normally it's you know it's not so much stress you know i do it with jim or the last theories i did it with uh i recorded with joey vera which is really really like mm-hmm. just great recording with him he's really comfortable and he makes great dinner too he's a great <laughs> chef so that was something to look forward to at the end of the day but um you know this again that was the most difficult part for me was being on my own mm-hmm. uh i I'd rather have one of those guys there you know even for just you know, emotional support if you want you know because I, I get pretty stressed out in the studio i hate recording i hate it it's the worst worst thing in the world for me live number one writing number two recording number 10 it's like it's just <laughs> i hate it i hate being under the microscope i hate redoing things and mm-hmm. you know and again you know it's that a take can sound good like yeah, that was pretty good, but it can be better, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and that goes on for hours and hours and hours, and uh, maybe no one will ever notice a difference mm-hmm. from one, you know, from take one to take six hundred, you know. But to me, it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. And you, and especially being by myself, you know, I need someone to tell me to stop. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's fine, it's fine the way it is. Just, just move on, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Other than that, that's how it is. That's how I am. You mentioned writing. When you and I first yeah. talked, you hated writing, and yet now you're doing more of it. Yeah, I actually enjoy it now. I mean, the, the, the you know, the, the, before to me it was more of a means to an end. Mm-hmm. And now I, I, I enjoy the process. I don't say enjoy it, but I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the process, and you know, seeing something come from from the very beginning to this mass of, of, you know, I don't know, eight or nine tracks of vocals and playing around with it. And, you know, and now I'm more comfortable again with demos, uh, record, you know, recording demos at home. Then I, you know, I, I'm getting used to, uh, you know, uh, tracking myself in multiple tracks and, you know, I start playing around with delays and reverbs. And so in a way it's kind of fun, you know, mm-hmm. turning into not really, I'll never be a computer nerd, but um, <laughs> I'm still learning, but you know, it's, it's becoming more fun. It's, it's an experience, you know, but I'll never say I love it, but <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Cool. So I, I wonder how that affects your, you know, like how much satisfaction that you get out of, the art of performance you know because like even though 
you've always communicated um, the essence of the song that you're performing, like just fantastically. How does it oh, feel for you. you to sing like something that Jim wrote, like Absog Parallels, versus something that you had a hand in creating? It's a good point. It was very different, I think, because back then uh, I was I was still writing melodies. I've always written my own melodies, okay. <laughs> but back then it was more. You know, I would write a melody to whatever nonsense words i've always done the same thing i sing just nonsense words in order you know to get the 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 feel of the song right the 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 vowels and the consonants to know where i can go with my voice Mm. um and then jim would take that melody and write lyrics to it and it would never be exact or perfect so then i would have to work around those words and fit my melody over those words. So that was a little weird for me. That's definitely not natural. But and so now that I'm writing lyrics and and uh, and the melodies, then it's it's much much easier. I think I I, I feel like I can convey more of a, a feeling, of, uh, emote more, I guess, so to speak. But mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it all depends on the music. Whatever Jim gives me. Um, I listen to the song, you know, 30 or 40 times, and then that will put me into a certain space, a certain mood, and then I feel like, okay, this is how it should go. And, you know, and again, sing bullshit lyrics, and and sometimes those lyrics actually make sense, just from the feeling I got from the song. Mm -hmm. Uh, And sometimes I can make a song out of that. Most of the times not, (laughs) but (laughs) sometimes I can, and it puts me in a direction. Uh, and when that works, it's a, it's a really cool thing. It really is to know that just an emotion that the song made you feel can become something. You know, that's to me that's pretty cool. Now, one thing that I think is obvious to everybody that's been keeping up with uh, you know with Fate's Warning and what you guys have been doing, you know, in over the past decade is that your last three albums have been the heaviest of the morning. I think so. <laughs> I think so. Like when Darkness like when I first heard Darkness, holy shit, dude. Yeah. I was like, dude, this is heavier than No Exit. <laughs> uh, no Exit was pretty heavy, man. Yes. A different way, but yeah, it was more aggressive, I think. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But this is the Archmistea stuff. That stuff's really heavy. Yes, it is. Jim 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 really let it go on that stuff. Yeah. Oh, oh, really okay. Did. So so what happened to Jim? What did you do to him? <laughs> because like, you know, y- y'all were doing this, like, to him, man. stuff for a long time and now he's he- heavying it up and soloing again. Like I didn't well, think I that don't know. Him. Yeah, I don't know. You got to talk to him see where his where his head is. I I really don't know. It's it's funny. But I like it. I love the direction. I love the music. And I, and I love, you know, some of the songs are shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think when we started talking about, you know, um, darkness before we started writing, I was like, what kind of, what, what direction are we going to go in? And I remember telling him, like, well, I like the shorter, catchier kind of things. You know, we can do the prog thing. We've done the prog thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we did uh, Pleasant Shade of Grey. And that was like, I think, our our prog pinnacle so to speak but um you know i i, I always like doing songs like you know uh, i don't know eye to eye mm-hmm. and point of view you know i like those songs a lot i like that style mm-hmm. so i liked that direction but 
again, Jim writes the music, so he goes wherever he wants. I don't tell him what to write at all. So. I, I don't know, man. Like ever since ever since Darkness came out, I mean, you guys have always been very, very strong from record to record. But like, I kind of see, I kind of see this like direction that you guys have taken in the past decade as like a renaissance hmm. for you guys. I mean, like, I love the like the late Zonda era weird stuff. That stuff like yeah. means an incredible amount to me. And like, shoot, yeah. like, like hearing uh, hearing Wish live like just blew my mind. Like, like I, there's <laughs> a, fun. I've got like a, th- th- there was a spot in my heart for that, for that period. But what you guys are doing now, I think, I think puts you guys, you know, above the fray because like, it's so freaking good. You know, while some of your contemporaries that have been doing this for a long time as well, you know, yeah. don't, yeah. It, it just doesn't feel right. And you guys, you guys sound young. You guys sound hungry. That hasn't <laughs> gone away. Well, that's that, thank you, but I, I think a lot of it is contributed to Bobby's playing as well. Mm-hmm. He's he's you know he's he's all over the place and he does amazing things on the drums and he adds so much to music, man. He really does. Like it's it's it would be a totally different world without him. It really would, you know, without him in in the band on the albums and um, you know there was a, a period where. You know that Sebastian thing where we toyed with using another drummer for the album, and we mm. just you know after a while we just said no, there's no way. It's you know loyalty aside, it just wouldn't be the same without him. Mm. You know, so we just decided we were going to wait. You know, and just put the album out in 2021. But then the COVID thing hit, and we were able to be one big happy family again. But, nice. but you guys did use a different drummer on a certain song on this album. On the one song on uh, When Snow Falls. Mm-hmm. And again, that was one of the last songs to be written that we were unsure of uh, whether or not it should go on the album because mm-hmm. it was so different from everything else. I mean, it stands out yeah. like a sore thumb compared to the rest of the songs. Um, it's sort of electronica and you know, there's that bass line, a deep, deep bass line. And mm-hmm. we... Uh, started messing with it and i remember i wanted the vocals to be sort of weird and ethereal like Mm -hmm. sort of like something from from the cure disintegration where he used all the effects on his voice where it just sort of became an instrument and not Mm -hmm. just a vocal and i wanted to use that so i was there i was playing with delays and delay times and you know and barisi did a great job of copying that sound from the demo Mm -hmm. that's what the demo sounded like saying we didn't know you know, if Bobby was going to have time to finish the rest of what he was doing and have time enough to work on that song. Mm -hmm. So, and then we toyed with the idea of having it just be electronic, but then Jim decided it needed drums and he asked uh, Gavin if he would be interested in playing that. And of course we asked Bobby if he would mind first and Bobby Mm -hmm. said, no, of course not. Like whatever's best for the album. And uh, yeah, Gavin agreed and uh, he did a great job. You can you you can hear the difference in drums too. It's yes. pretty funny. You put one song up next to it, and you can totally hear the change. Yeah, and and to be clear, you're talking about Gavin Harrison from Porcupine Tree. Yeah, oh, that yeah. dude is so good. Yeah, he's great. And again, it, it just if you a b the drums to the other songs, it's they're totally different. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. It's cool. Yeah, and and like. Like that particular song, like to me, kind of sounded like a modern take on what you guys were doing 
uh, we're doing on Pleasant Shade. It has that same vibe to it. Uh, not quite as heavy on the keyboards, but like no. it, it made sense that you guys used a different drummer on that song. Yeah, again, it's just very different. You know, I've seen, I've you know, trolled a few reviews, and a lot of people seem to like that song. Even Metal Blade, people at Metal Blade mm-hmm. really liked that song, and it was surprising. I really not because they're Metal Blade, but just to us, it was a cool song, but. The, the attention that it's gathered is, is pretty surprising to us, mm-hmm. actually. Just because it's so different. Yeah. You know, and it's very mellow. Very mellow. Now, dreamy. Now, th- there was one song in particular. Like, there's a bunch of really, really strong stuff on the record, but like, I think that the first song that really, really grabbed me um, uh, was Under the Sun. And. And like part yeah. of that, it, it reminded. This is before I realized that Gavin was on another song on the album, but like it did remind yeah. me of Porcupine Tree. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I'd like to hear about that song because, like, you guys also used a string section on that song. I don't think you've ever done that. No, never. But it was um, that was it was a a cool story because that that wasn't really a song. It was actually a piece, like a, a like an interlude. I feel fancy using that word, but it was like a brief little interlude. I believe it was in Longest Shadow of the Day, and it was just a quick part that would pass by. Um, and Jim sent it to me one day and said, hey, man, you know, you think this could be a song? Like It was just like, if you listen to the intro, that acoustic strumming is what he sent me. Like, like I don't know, like eight bars of that he sent me. And... Uh, he goes, just mess with it, you know. Listen, I said, yeah. So I came up with the melody for the verse, and he said, okay, that's cool, that's cool. Well, let me see if I can do a chorus. So he wrote a, the chorus part for it, and I had a a melody. The chorus, hey, hey, under the sun, was in my head. Hey, that I was just keeping to use for a solo or something somewhere, and um, I just said, you know, I think that fits there. And I was walking my dog actually at night, and um, and I was like, I think that fits in that part. And I just put it down, turned the computer on, put it and put it, and it did. And so that song, it, then it actually became a song. And we both were just like, wow, cool, cool. This came from just a little idea compared to when Jim sends me songs. They're they're full songs, mm-hmm. you know. They're all the way from beginning to end. And this came from just a little piece. Um, to be, I think, one of the catchiest songs on the album, actually. But uh, yeah, I'm very proud of that song. Very, very proud. Very, very different for us, I think. It is. It is. It, it, it's got kind of like I don't know. It, it it almost feels a little bit psychedelic, but not really. Like there's, <laughs> it, there's so much to appreciate about that song, and like yeah, that was the first one that really grabbed me. It's it's, it's pretty catchy. It I is. think it's pretty catchy. It is. It is. But you know, I hate to interrupt you, but I I got to do another interview now. Oh man. shit! Okay, all right. Uh, yeah. All right, man. Well, it, dude, it's always great catching up with you. What song are we gonna write out with? Um, let's do the new video that's coming out. It's uh, called "Begin Again," Ooh. and the uh, video is done by um, Patrick, who did the artwork for the album. Okay. And it's actually our first animated video. Oh. Actually, so Patrick Lolias. Patrick Atkins. Oh, the, okay. Our, our cover artwork. Okay. Uh, so since we can't all get together, the only 
you know, real option was to do an animated video. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get actors to play us. You know, there's no one good looking enough out there, man. Come on, <laughs> let's be real. <clears throat> but no, that was really the only option we had. And he did a great job. We've been looking at it. It looks really, really good. Oh. Shit, I just reminded myself, Jim sent me a final that I have to look at. I didn't even think oh. about that. <laughs> yeah, I got to do that after this next interview. But um, yeah, let's do that. Begin again, new video. Hopefully people like it. Rialdo, ladies and gentlemen, dude, you're awesome. Thank you so much. And it was ah. awesome. Before I forget, it was awesome seeing you uh, guest with Redemption at Prague Power. That was one of the ah. classiest things I've ever seen. <laughs> Seriously. That was fun, man. That was a blast. <laughs> I had a good time. I was locked away in the uh, in the, the damn hotel for three days or something like that. But <laughs> it, it, it ended up paying off. It was, it was practice cool, for COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. Awesome, man. Dude, right. It's always a pleasure catching up with you, man. You too, man. Take care, dude. Talk to you soon. Be safe.